Hello, it's Shane Costa, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversations. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And hello, it's Davo. Excited that you have found us here on Clubhouse Conversation. This is the place for you if you are a fan of the Kansas City Royals as we talk to all your favorite current and former Royals players and break down post games here as well on your dish. Your one-stop shop for all things Royals, especially historically, is Clubhouse Conversation. And speaking of historically, we're not going too far back today. I guess back to 2007 for Shane Costa, who played with KC to be exact from 2005 to 2007. After being selected by the Royals in the second round of the 2003 draft out of Cal State Fullerton, Shane Costa, left-handed hitting outfielder who tore the cover off the ball throughout the majority of his minor league career and was really hitting pretty well up here in KC, but unfortunately the injury bug struck him in a big way, was awful luck, and it ultimately forced Costa out of the game he loved at an age much earlier than anybody would have liked, a guy who had a lot of ceiling, but did make the major leagues did contribute for the Royals had a nice career these days working with the Scott Boris Corporation we'll talk about that we'll talk about Shane playing in the College World Series and being drafted by the Royals and coming up through the system all that and so much more as Shane Costa joins us from the left coast this morning on Clubhouse Conversation first of all thanks so much for taking the time to join us Shane and how's everything going with you it's going good it's going good I'm uh, actually have the day off from work and just kind of hanging out and little earlier here on the west coast so it's kind of getting up and moving around yeah what's keeping you busy in 2015 what are you doing these days i uh, actually i work for scott boris i'm a recruiter for scott boris and uh oh that's that's so cool how'd you get into that was that something you always wanted to do or did you just kind of stumble into it after your career um i just kind of you know i i went back to school uh after i was done playing uh i went back and finished my degree at cal state fullerton and i coached there for two years i was the undergrad assistant and, uh, you know, after the two years I was at Fullerton and I finished my degree and it was like, you know, kind of what's next and just kind of used my connections and this job came about and ended up actually being a really good fit for me. So, Absolutely. Well, and staying on the topic of current day baseball, so, you know, it's got to be exciting for you seeing the Royals in the World Series last year and, and running away with the division in 2015. Do you still follow those guys pretty closely and were you pretty stoked last uh, October? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I... The actual guys that I played with on that team, I think there was only about three. I believe it was Alex Gordon, Billy Butler, and Hochaver. Hochaver. Yep. Maybe, yeah, maybe maybe one more, but I don't think so. But uh, I was so excited for those guys, and I knew a lot of those guys. Uh, you know, towards the end of my uh, career, when I was hurt, I was down rehabbing, and I was going kind of back through the minor leagues doing rehab assignments. So I got to know a lot of those other. Uh, kids at the time like Hosmer and Moustakas and Dyson and all really good dudes and so proud of them and happy for those guys and it's good to see Kansas City where they're at you know from where they kind of came through and and the years that they had kind of while I was going through there and you know it's good to see them turn it around and you know of course I follow them and you know I watch uh, uh, Sports Center every night or you know the 
the MLB channel. So really happy for those guys, and you know, hopefully the continued success continues, and you know, this year ends up even better than last. Well, let's hope. Now, a guy I'm sure you're probably excited for too. You knew Mike Jersley pretty well, didn't you? Seeing him at third base. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Juris was awesome. Juris is one of my favorite managers I ever played for, and uh, you know, absolutely incredibly excited for that guy and to end up where he's ended up and to go through the grind that he's gone through. Uh, couldn't be happy for him, and you know, just smile every time I see him on coaching third, and you know, he's awesome. And yeah, hopefully, you, have you gotten a little better street cred with your friends and family now that the Royals are winners? They respect you just a little bit more now? Or oh, what? yeah. It's <laughs> funny that all the friends coming out of the woodwork, it's like, hey, where were you guys back in 2005 through 2008? <laughs> right. I know we weren't that good, but hey, it's still the same team. Let's go. <laughs> right. Well, we'll come back and talk more about Casey here in a bit, but I want to head back, you know, way back in the day and, and talk about you from the start. So, Visalia, California is where you grew up. You went to Golden West High School out there. You graduated in two. So growing up, was baseball always your number one love and, and the, you know your best sport too? You know, I just I, I just like playing sports. When I was little, that's that's uh, kind of what we were all about. Is you, you know kept us out of trouble. Uh, there was really nothing else to do, and and uh, you know I played baseball, I played soccer, I played football. I was just you know I, I like being an athlete and just kind of playing all different different sports. And I think. You know, when I were to have a kid, I'd probably do it the same way. I, mean, I know a lot of people kind of steer their children in one direction, but, you know, I think that kind of takes the athletic ability out of them. So, yeah, we we played, my brother and I, we played all the sports, and we we loved it growing up. So, And you got to actually drafted then by the Rays uh, in 2000 out of high school then, 37th round, but obviously you committed to play at uh, Cal State Fullerton, which is what, about, I guess, three hours from where you grew up there. So, I mean, was it a, was it an easy decision to bypass the Rays and go to college, or did you struggle with that and think about it quite a bit? Um, it was, I think it was a pretty easy decision. Where I was taken and and uh, what was on the table just wasn't worth foregoing a uh, chance to play at Cal State Fullerton. And you know what? I, we went to two college World Series while I was there. We were a powerhouse while I was there. Uh, I had a great time. and you know It's too bad if I would have been there one more year, uh, I would have won a national championship. But that's the way it goes, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask you, too, about uh, your, what, your top 10 in NCAA history and getting hit by pitches, 57 of them. So are you crowding the plate back in the day, or what was the reason for that? You know, I, 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 uh, I just dove in. I, I didn't crowd the plate. I started actually off the plate, but my – the stride foot went towards the plate. So I got hit a lot in the kind of lower areas, uh, you know, legs, knees, calves. And uh, it was something, though, that we, we at Cal State Fullerton, we prided ourselves, and then they still do, is being hit by pitch and taking one for the team, and it's as good as a hit. And uh, obviously when I got to pro ball, I stopped doing that. But, uh, you know, that, that's just kind of how Cal State Fullerton plays the game, real gritty and, and, and grimy and just, We'll do anything it takes. So, did you ever, uh, you know, almost charge the man or get in any brawls from all, from all those pitches? <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't. There was one time I remember a little confrontation, but uh, you know, for the most part, I took my base and went down first and tried to steal second. So. 
Well, I love it. Love the mentality. So while you're at Fullerton, then, like you said, a couple World Series, you were a two-time All-Big West player. And then the 2003 College World Series in Omaha, so you hit that big home run off of a guy you knew, obviously, and you know got drafted around that same time as well. But, I mean, going back before that, so let's just talk about when you first arrive in Omaha. I guess the year before that was your first time there. You know, what's the whole Omaha experience like? Is it, is it as amazing and red carpetish as all the college you guys say it is and was? Uh, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's eight teams there, and the whole world's watching, or I guess the whole country's watching uh, for the most part. And uh, it was an unbelievable experience. Uh, my first time being there, I remember uh, when I was a freshman, I, you know, it was almost kind of scary playing in front of, I remember we put, our first game was against Nebraska, and uh, there was probably 26, 27,000 people there all dressed in red. And I remember going into the stadium like, where am I and what are we doing here? And this is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, you know, luckily we had a lot of older guys that kind of let us, led the younger guys, showed us the ropes. And uh, that was good because when we went back there in my junior year, it was like, hey, let's go. We're, we were ready to rumble. And all, that whole class was so much more comfortable and, we kind of took the freshman under our wing, and it's just, you know, it's a process. They ended up going back the next year. Uh, you know, it just becomes Omaha for a while became you know, very comfortable for about a three or four span, uh, three or four year span at Cal State Fullerton. And, you know, that's, that's, that's uh, a program like that. That's, that's how it should be. I mean, they go, they were going every once every three or four years there it's like for their whole history up until a couple of years ago. So. Yeah, was that so? That time that Nebraska was there, your first time was that the year? Was Jeremy Guthrie pitching for Stanford? Did he pitch against you guys that year? Or did you not play Stanford that year? Yeah, Jeremy Guthrie he was pitching against Stanford. Uh, I remember those teams like it was yesterday because those teams, those Stanford teams, uh, while I was at Cal State Fullerton, we ran into them every year in the postseason, and they knocked us out of two World Series, and they knocked us out of a regional my sophomore year as well. So. You know, those guys were, were a huge monkey on our back. And it's funny because in 04, they never ran across Stanford and they ended up winning the whole thing. So it's <laughs> ironic. He got them out of the way. Now, how about Kevin Costner? I mean, he's one of the most famous Fullerton alums, and I, I think he still goes to a lot of games, doesn't he? Did you ever come across him at all? Oh, yeah. He, uh, he, he would come out there and work out with us and take batting practice with us and ground balls, just like he was one of the guys. And, uh, we actually had he, he has a place over there and and well you know what he doesn't have a place over there he has a place in and I think Santa Barbara that we had gone to but he was around a lot and we had a lot of uh, contact with him and just got to talk to him and kind of you know just pick his brain and he would pick our brains it was pretty cool that you know he he stuck around and and he still does I didn't see him as much towards the end when I was coaching there but you know while I was playing he was there a lot. Do you have a favorite Kevin Costner baseball movie out of all the ones he's been in? I do. I like Bull Durham. Okay, uh, Bull Durham. Bull Durham is my favorite movie that he's been in. The other ones are good, too, but I like Bull Durham. I, I guess I'm kind of a sensitive guy, so for love of the game works pretty good for me, too. So Yeah, Bull Durham, just <laughs> I thought, you know, for as old school as it is, really almost shows how the minor leagues kind of go, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty uh, you know, clear portrait of, of – what goes on so now who was what's the story of that i read something about i think he was from your hometown that the guy you took you know took deep off of lsu your last year in the world series what was you know you hit that home run what was that like and how'd you know that guy well it wasn't the pitcher as a shortstop the shortstop that that played for lsu that year is aaron hill oh okay oh duh okay 
so Aaron Hill and myself grew up together. We're from the same town. We played on all-star teams together. Uh, you know, we hung out as kids. We'd, we'd come over for you know, slumber parties, vice versa. And, uh, you know, we just it was pretty crazy how it all worked out. And we were actually both supposed to go to Fresno State. That's where we uh, kind of originally wanted to go to stay around home. And it just didn't work out, and we ended up both kind of getting out of there. And it's funny because, you know, three years later, we're playing in the College World Series against each other. And, you know, I'll never forget rounding second base after hitting that home run and just looking at him smiling. He smiled and put his head down. It was a pretty cool moment, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of going back looking at it. So Now, right around then, I'm assuming it was probably a day or two before that, the Royals took you then in the second round of the 2003 draft. You're in Omaha, obviously, when that happened. So, you know, how did you get that news? Where were you at? And what do you remember about the moment they took you? Um, we were actually we were, we were still in Fullerton. We oh. were working out. Uh, it was about a day or two, though, before we did leave for, I believe, the College World Series. And uh, I'll never forget, I was in the dugout. I was getting ready to take batting practice. And my agent was there, and he came down. And he said, hey, man, because there was no, like, you couldn't really watch it on your phone or do any of that stuff back then. I think you had to be, like, on a computer, literally. Uh, <laughs> checking it out just wasn't a big, as big of a deal as it is now. But he came down, and he said, hey, you're just taking your 40, I think it was the 45th pick overall. Uh, and I looked at him, and I said, cool. <laughs> I was excited, but there was other stuff to, that had to be taken care of at that point in time, and I that was great, and it was, you know, I, I was kind of, I've been through it before, and when I was a uh, in high school, you know, I was drafted in 37th round by the Devil Rays, but I was kind of let down because all speculations were, and who I had met with was, you're going to go early, you're going to go on the top five rounds, you know, uh, and I met with a lot of teams. I met with a lot of higher-ups, and I got let down big time. So, you know, when the time came that I had really got drafted when I was in college, it was great, And I, I, but I knew that there was still a lot of stuff to be taken care of. Uh, we were going to a college World Series, and, uh, you know, that, that's just kind of my mentality and my mindset is, you know, don't get too high and don't get too low and just kind of go with the flow. And I was kind of in the moment right then and just, you know, I was getting ready to go try to win a college world series and uh you know i was flattered and excited but that was to be kind of put on hold till it was time to talk contracts and do all that stuff so now the- it was great don't get me wrong i was very excited and happy but i was also very excited and happy to be you know playing at cal state fullerton going to a college world series for the second time in three years and, you know it was just it was all it was all good yeah win-win on both ends um, yeah. So the Royal Scout then, who kind of you know discovered you in the area scout there, was Gary Johnson. I mean, did you get to know Gary pretty well? And then, I mean, were the Royals the team that you thought would probably take you? Do you remember them scouting you and talking to you a lot during the whole process? Um, you know, there was a lot of teams kind of in the mix, and I really wasn't aware. I didn't necessarily trust anybody at that point in time, just because of what my first experience of being drafted. So my whole take was, you know what, whoever drafts me, drafts me. And when it happens, it happens. And when the deal's done, the deal will be done. Uh, I was excited to go to Kansas City. I mean, I was excited just to be drafted. Uh, people ask me that all the time, or they ask me that all the time. You know, where do you want to play? It's like, I don't care. I'm playing baseball. I have a uniform on my back. Uh, I'm getting the chance to, you know, follow my dreams and see what happens. So the team didn't matter. Uh, it's just more the fact that I was given the opportunity 
to do that. So. Well, and then you guys, like we talked about, unfortunately get eliminated from the World Series. And then after that, you know, a little bit after that, you sign, you finish 03 between the Arizona Royals for 23 games. You spent three games very end of that summer in Wilmington. So that first, you know, month and a half of, of pro ball in 03, anything stick out about that? Uh, yeah, just I, I remember it's, it's funny, uh, you know, the whole just getting to Arizona and stuff. But I didn't really know how to pack for this <laughs> type of thing, like. I'd never been away from home. Yeah, I was at Cal State Fullerton, but I was only three hours away from home. You know, I could get home at any time. So when I got drafted, I went out to Arizona. I pretty much brought, I think, everything that I had. I didn't know what to expect. And I remember pulling up, and I remember one of the guys opened the door going, geez, do you have any more stuff? And I was like, okay, well, you know, it's funny because the next year when I went to Wilmington, I didn't bring enough, so. It's uh, you know it, the first couple years was a major learning experience for me in a lot of different areas. Being away from home, being on my own, uh, you know, just you, you grow up pretty quick when you just kind of get thrown out in Arizona uh, and you're staying in a, a, a quality inn in Surprise, Arizona, with a bunch of you know, guys you've never met. And, you know, you learn to make friends, you learn to kind of figure it out for yourself, uh, and just kind of you, you know that's what the lower levels and pro ball is all about. And Arizona's, uh, you know, the rookie leagues are special because nobody comes to watch you. Uh, complex baseball. Uh, it's funny, I was just there working this last week and it brought back a lot of memories. So, you know, just kind of getting to, getting to know pro ball a little bit. And it can be shocking, you know. How many, how many people actually go to those Arizona league games? Like 20? Like just the fan, like girlfriends and stuff, or what? Yeah, you know what? I, I I took a video kind of for my wife, and I said, "This is this is the Arizona Rookie League." And you know, it's funny because I was in, I think, the Dodgers place, and they're playing night games. So I go there, and yeah, you know, I've I've only been to that place. That place is relatively new towards the end of my career, like in two thousand nine or ten, I believe. And I go there; they don't even have stands. They have these block kind of. <laughs> Uh, cement, just half little walls that kind of go up that you sit on, and and there was probably about oh I would say twenty twenty five people there, and the rest are players and coaches and scouts, and it's pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Great, great place for a baseball geek though, right? To go down there and yeah, you know. And, and I told my I told my wife I was like, there's no announcer, there's no concessions. So I was like, there's no nothing. I was like, this is, <laughs> you know, because she every once in a while, you know. She'll come watch a game with me during the season. I work all year. And, uh, you know, I go to stadiums, and it's like a it's high single A. So, you know, there's an announcer, and there's stuff going on, and there's promotions. And then you go to these Arizona leagues or, you know, the Florida league, and there's just nothing. So it's, it's pretty crazy how, how different it can be. When did you meet her? Did you meet her, like, later on? Uh, yeah, I met her towards the very end of my career, I think 2010. Oh, okay. And uh, I was still with the Royals, but I was kind of, you know, I was hurt then. And, uh, yeah, it was, she kind of stuck with me towards the end through <laughs> the last little bit of my career and the, the last little grind that I had. But, you know, she never really got to live the whole gone for five months, gone for another month in spring training, gone for, uh, you know, winter ball. So she kind of got lucky, in that, I guess, in that, yeah. in that area. Because we got to spend a little more time together than – than uh, most people did. So. Yeah. 
Well, so 03 is an exciting summer. I'm sure you probably felt some of that excitement when you first got there because the Royals, you know, back then, you know, what, 84 wins? So, you know, it was a huge year for us back then. But, mm-hmm. but oh, then, absolutely. Yeah, but then 04, so let's fast forward to Wilmington. So you're a Carolina League postseason all-star. Uh, you were third in the league in hitting at 308, third in hits, 139. Uh, you know, Wilmington, 2004, first full season of Pro Bowl. What, mm-hmm. you know, what comes back when you think about that? Well, what comes back is the first probably till the All-Star break. From from day one of Wilmington till the All-Star break, I was probably the worst second-rounder to ever play in that league. <laughs> uh, I was hitting 230 at the break. Uh, I started off the season 4 for 44. Just, you know, that was also a shock because now I'm across the country. So... Where I was at Cal State Fullerton, I was three hours from home. I went to Arizona, I was about seven or eight hours from home. I could still get home if I wanted on a couple days off. I could drive the seven hours. I had my car. Well, now I'm in Wilmington. I have no car. I'm as far away as home can be. It's freezing. Never been that far. You know, I feel I feel almost homesick, you know, immediately. And uh, starting off terrible, and there's a lot of hype around me, and I just could never get going. I think I dropped to like sixth or seventh in the order. I was moving around positions. Uh, like I said, at the All-Star break, I was hitting 230. I had seven extra base hits. And uh, you wouldn't have thought that I would end the season how I ended it. And uh, it was crazy. I ended up learning. I was living with a host family. Uh, that was the biggest teaching moment for me in my whole career was knowing that I could come out of a hole that big and nearly win the batting title and be an all-star. And, you know, it looked like everything was gravy if he just kind of went and looked at my year. But that year was, I mean, I I dug myself one of the biggest holes I've ever dug myself and, and got out of it. And that pretty much kind of paved the way for the rest of my career is, hey, you know, you can hit, you can get out of any funk that you'll ever be in because that was the worst funk you'll ever be in and you ever will be in. And, uh you know, that year was critical to the rest of my career just for that reason alone and really growing up, you know, having no car, being young out there and just kind of really figuring it out for myself. I skipped low A, so, you know, the competition was a little bit better and uh, kind of had to gather myself for a while and really think about what was going on and make some serious adjustments to, uh, you know, succeed. Yeah, you did that, and then so you head into 2005, and you start with Wichita, and you spend a brief amount of time in Omaha, obviously MLB call-up as well. But before we get to that, so let's go back to spring training of 05. So you're coming off a good year in 04. Now, if someone would have told you at that point, hey, Shane, you're going to be in the big leagues here in about two months after you know one year of low, would you have believed it at that time? Would you have thought it was even possible? Well, absolutely not. I mean, absolutely not. And by that time, you know, I kind of, I don't know, you you get to double A and you start seeing your buddies get released and, uh, you know, you start seeing how big of a business this game really is. And, uh, you know, I just, I kind of just was in the mindset of just take care of yourself. You know, you had a decent year last year. Uh, let's just try to keep it going. The competition's going to be better. I knew the double A was a good league. I knew a lot of prospects. Uh, I knew kind of double A separated, the men from the boys, is, you know, as far as you get to double A, a lot, you know, a lot of people don't get to double A. I know a lot of people don't get drafted and even get a play, but 
if you can reach double A, you're doing something right. So, you know, it was nice to just break with the double A squad. And, and uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Two months later when I got called up, I was completely shocked. I'll never forget it. I was in Corpus Christi, and uh, I pretty much asked Frank White to repeat everything he said because I was like, you, you tell me I'm going to the big leagues, right, from here? And he's like, yeah, pack your stuff and your flights, you know, in about two hours. So it was pretty crazy. Yeah, May 31st of 05, you end up coming up to KC. I mean, was, did someone get injured? I can't remember what happened. Why did you come up exactly? Are you just performing well, or what was it? I think they, uh, Beltran, they traded Beltran. Oh, okay. Okay. I think that's what happened, because I took number 15. They gave me number 15 when I got there, and I think that's what ended up going on was that they traded Beltran. Okay. Good old Buck and Tian and Wood back in the day. So you get to, you get to KC then. So who I mean, who were some of the guys that kind of took you under their wing at first? You know, right, some of the veterans right uh, off the bat. Yeah, uh, Mike Sweeney, awesome, unbelievable, unbelievable man, unbelievable person, unbelievable baseball player. Yeah, he was a veteran. He was a five-time All Star. He was really one of the guys. Matt Stairs was another guy. Uh, you know, those two guys were pretty instrumental and in just kind of you know. When I was there, the team wasn't really like it was now where it was there. You know, the last couple of years, they've been pretty young. I mean, younger, I would say. But when I was there, it, was, it felt like there was a lot of veterans on the club. And I was really one of the only, you know, John Buck was there and DeJesus. But those guys still had a couple of years under their belt. And, uh, you know, I, was, I just felt like a kid among men. And they really helped me just kind of figure it out and, and all the unwritten rules and the you know the rules to follow, they kind of showed me the ropes and and kind of led me in the right direction. And and that was you know uh, that was really grateful and awesome of them to you know take me under their wing and and kind of show me the ropes instead of the other way of you know well, who's this kid you know. So I really appreciated that from all those guys. Reggie Sanders was another guy that came later while I was there who really showed he was a. Uh, fellow outfielder who really showed me the ropes and kind of led the way. And, of course, you know, the guys like David DeJesus and John Buck also helped. So a lot of good guys on those clubs. I mean, I know, you know, talent, uh, the talent was there. It was just funny because it didn't really piece together, and I didn't think we had much pitching. But, you know, we had some talent, and, uh, you know, it was, it was, those guys were just, like I said, they were very instrumental in, in helping me kind of learn the ropes. So your first game is June 2nd against the Yankees at Kauffman Stadium. Your first big league hit knocks Carl Pavano out of the game after, I believe, a couple of home runs. Uh, I'm assuming you remember that at bat in that day pretty well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I had so much adrenaline, and it was, it was, I remember the first time stepping in the box against the Yankees, and I was like, this is really happening. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just, you just gotta, uh, you know, it's, you're fighting thoughts. This is really happening, but at the same time, you know, I'm good enough to be here and I can do this and I'm one of these guys now, so let's go and, you know, let's see, you know, let's just, it's a, just another game at, at, a, at another baseball park. Just, uh, you know, the stands go a couple tiers higher. Right. So. Yeah, you go from, uh, what, four days earlier facing the Hooks to facing the Yankees, right? That's a big jump. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember just every night I was almost losing sleep. Like, I wanted to play so bad and when I was going to get my first taste of it. And it was uh, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy stuff staying at the Drury. I think it was the Drury Inn across the street from the field. <laughs> Is that where they put you up at? <laughs> yeah, at that oh, time. 
<laughs> y- yikes. <laughs> well, 12 days later, your first three-hit game, your first big league home run all at once. Dodgers, June 14th against a uh, longtime Royal Nemesis, Jeff Weaver. So you remember that home run on that day pretty well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, I, I believe it was, a, it was some type of off-speed pitch, and I, it hit the fence and bounced over. I have a ball, and it has a green mark on it, and whole, <laughs> whole nine yards, and uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. That's great. You had another three-hit game that year as well at the Metrodome, and then uh, option back to Wichita on July 20th. So, you know, what did the Royals tell you when they sent you back to Wichita? Oh, you know, uh, go back down. To be honest with you, I was sent up and down so many times that I can't remember what they told me the first time. But it's business, and I get it. And at the time, maybe I didn't, but... You know, whether they need another arm or whether they just want me to go work on some stuff or, you know, they're calling another position player up. I I heard probably every reason why you could get sent down and, and you know, whether it was true or not, who, who knows. But I do understand that it's a business and I do understand that, you know, the team's going to do what they need to do to put, you know, uh, a winning product on the field or just maybe what they need you know moves happen all the time so uh i you know i don't necessarily remember what they told me but i remember going down and just taking care of my business and trying to get back up now how'd you like uh playing at wichita you spent the rest of that year outside of four games at omaha you know as far as that park i guess you had the old what turf infield and grass outfield how'd you like playing there i mean it was old and it was it was unique uh i guess would be a good word for it and uh you know, it wasn't the most comfortable places to play, uh, especially coming from a place like Wilmington where the clubhouse is huge and, you know, it's a sellout most nights uh, because there's just, quite frankly, uh, nothing else to do in Wilmington, Delaware, so they <laughs> come to the Blue Rocks game. But, you know, Wichita, uh, I didn't mind playing there. It wasn't, you know, I'll, I'll never forget it, obviously, and I actually revisited Wichita when I was playing independent ball towards the end of my career and brought back a lot of memories. But, uh, you know, it was, it was cool. I got to play for Frank White, and I got to play on a turf infield. And, uh, like I said, I wasn't there too long. But, uh, you know, it was okay. The stadium, it's good to see them build the new one. The new one is a million times nicer than that one. I mean, I remember one thing about Wichita that I remember was whenever somebody scored, the dugouts were so small that – you had to walk single file line, single file in a single file line wherever you were towards where the where the guy was coming in who scored because <laughs> the dugout was just not very big. So if you if you went like two or three guys, you know you couldn't go two or three guys deep to walk to the front of the dugout because it was so small. And if you got on one step, you hit your head on the top of the dugout. So the clubhouses were small. It was an old place. I mean, it was like I said, unique place. But I didn't mind it. Uh, I didn't think it was my favorite place to play, but it was cool. You had uh, you know some great teammates there, Avila, some Butler, and Meyer, and Donnie Murphy, and Matt Tupman, on and on and on. And I wanted to ask you about one guy uh, who obviously life ended up kind of tragically for him. You know, did, did you get to know what was Ambjorg's Burgos like? Uh, you know, that guy, I, I really I, I knew him, but I didn't know him. Uh, he was kind of a nobody ever knew what Ambjorg Burgos was going to do, and. Uh, 
I don't know if is he still around. I mean, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. What happened? Oh, he's in jail for murder in the Dominican Republic. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought for maybe something. His wife, he tried to do something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that and that's kind of how his career was. I mean, he would he was uh, <coughs> kind of uh, you know uh, he just never knew he never knew what he was going to do. He did some stuff that was you know kind of shocking that I'd never seen before, and you know. It was just, it was too bad because the kid had a golden arm, and I remember watching him save games in the big leagues while I was in Kansas City, and he, he dang near threw 100, and just, uh, you know, it's too bad kind of the, the path that he went down because he did have a good arm, and he probably could have been in the big leagues for, you know, 10 years if he could have just mentally kept it together, so. Yeah, I guess the Royals got rid of him just in time to get Banny. That worked out pretty well for yeah, for the yeah, Royals. Uh, yeah, uh, crazy. So 2006, something really special happened for you. You made uh, your first opening day big league roster. I'm assuming that's you know pretty special. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, that, you know, uh, that was uh, at that time. I was like, well, maybe this is the time I finally stick and you know stop getting. Uh, it was you know 2006. I ended up getting sent up and down quite a bit as well. And uh, that was just kind of, you know, I was kind of a taxi man and up and down. But, yeah, that was very, that was a special moment when Buddy Bell called me in the office and told me that I was going to break with the team. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I thought that I had put together a good spring training and deserved it. And, and, uh, and uh, whoa, hey, sorry. And uh, <laughs> let me go off. And, uh, you know, that, that was a special time and, you know, it's crazy that that ended up being the only time that that I did break with the team, but uh, you know, hey, it was it was it was special, and uh, you know, I can say that I that I did break with the team and wasn't just a call up and made it out of camp, and and uh, it was good stuff. I love that your dog's getting a little shout out. He wanted a little attention here on the air. They do. They always do. They're always. <laughs> you know what? It's, for the course. <laughs> Looking for attention. So I mean, that, that month, though, by the way, one thing you didn't mention was, so you're blazing hot in the month of April. You were second on the team in batting average, second in home runs on KC. You were first in slugging percentage uh, for the whole month of April. But then you suffered the, the hamstring injury on April 29th, and you kept up yep. a, a seven-game hitting streak after that, turned into an eight-game hitting streak because you had a couple hits against the Cardinals when you came off the DL. But, I mean, was that hamstring? I mean, did, did that stick out? Do you remember how you did that, and was that, you know, a big deterrent yeah. to you? Uh, I remember it. Very vividly, it was a game that we weren't supposed to play. <clears throat> we were playing against Oakland in Kansas City. We were delayed. The weather was terrible. And I believe it was raining slash misting the whole game. So, And it was cold. It was early in the season. And uh, I remember uh, I hit a double, and I was going into second, and I came up lame. And, you know, that it's funny because injuries ended up being pretty much what ended my career and what I battled my whole career was injuries. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy because I, I do, I do believe that, you know, if that didn't happen and I, and I could stay healthy, which is, you know, obviously a big asterisk for a lot of players staying healthy, uh, that maybe my career would have gone a little bit differently because, you know, what kept me out of the big leagues a lot was being hurt. And I was in Arizona rehabbing half my career and, and uh, but yeah, that, that I, I was I was player of the month. I, I still I I have the little glass trophy, you know, in my room, and it's pretty crazy that you know it, things started off that well and then just 
kind of never really got back to that point. So, Well, you had a hell of a year in Omaha that year, though. So you were hitting, what, 342 with 10 home runs in, uh, in 52 games that year. So, you know, playing in Rosenblatt yeah. Stadium, what was that like? You know, uh, the minor leagues to me was, besides Wilmington, besides that little stretch that I went through, the, the minor leagues, I felt, and you know, maybe I'm cocky or toot my own horn, but I just felt that that was, it was a little bit easier for me in the minor leagues. You know, I, I, I never, I think I was a career three, over 300 hitter in the minor leagues. Um, Omaha was Omaha. Omaha was great during the College World Series, coming back to play at that place uh, in AAA. I remember one game, I think we had five, maybe, maybe, maybe 50 people there. Uh, <laughs> they painted the grass. They tarped the outfield. It was crazy. It was actually really crazy going back there after playing in the College World Series and then coming back there and seeing how it was, you know, for a minor league ballpark. And it was night and day, actually. Yeah. Have you? Night and day, because that College World Series was an unbelievable uh, experience with people and just the atmosphere was electric. And then going back there to play in AAA was almost depressing. I mean, it was worse <laughs> than, you know, Wichita was small and old, but Omaha was, you know, besides the whole mystique of the College World Series, the whole mystique for the Omaha Royals just wasn't the same. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And you know, plus, the facilities were so old there. I mean, uh, what was I going to ask you? I had a question and I forgot what it was. Anyway, back back to Kansas City real quick here. Uh, so barbecue. I, I've read that you loved the KC barbecue while you were around. What were you? Where were your favorite KC hot spots and barbecue wise too? Jack Stack, baby. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> that, that was my favorite spot to go eat out there when I wanted barbecue. Uh, there was another place that was pretty good. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, there, I think there is more of them, but. The Jack Stack, uh, Jack Stack, that was a good place. That was a classy joint. I like going there to eat. Uh, that was one of my favorite barbecue spots there. But I liked all the barbecue there. It's Kansas City, man. You don't get that type of stuff out here in California. So. Did you hang out in the plaza mainly then when you were, you know, not playing? <laughs> yeah, I lived there uh, in 2006. I lived there at the, uh, uh, I think it was Soul Grave maybe or... Uh, there's two big buildings uh, kind of in the back there, and I lived out there. and Spent a lot of time on the plaza. I really like the plaza. I love Kansas City. Uh, very different from where I'm from. and uh, I like the slower pace a little bit, and I like the people. I love I, I love the the just the attitude, the people's attitude out there. They're just they're so down to earth and nice, and you know, California can be a little bit uh, a little bit different than that. So. Yeah, well, I'm back to Omaha. I remember I was going to ask you now. Have you, have you seen that new park that they have there yet? You know, I haven't. Uh, it's great. That park was was built, I believe, the year after I had been released and kind of moved on. So I just missed that park. I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I heard it's nice. Uh, you know, good for Omaha, and they've been having some good years. Jurish, you know, I know they won like. Uh, what was it, three championships in a row over there? Yeah. Or two yeah. out of three or three yeah. out of four or something. And, uh, you know, it's good. I mean, you can't – sometimes you can't expect, you know, to be put in a place like Omaha and, you know, you know, you need – players need to be comfortable. And, and uh, you know, when you're stuck in a place like that, it's like, wow, this is terrible. 
<laughs> love it. So, you're, well, you were you were back there in 2007. 378 is what you were hitting when the Royals called you up May 3rd, and you had a 19-game hitting streak. Do you remember that at all? Yeah, I do, and uh, I do. It was. I just wanted to be, you know. I was, I, I, okay, so at that point in my career, it was up and down, and up and down, and up and down. And I was in Omaha, and I was feeling it. And I go to the big leagues, and I don't play much, and it just. I was like, can't you just leave me somewhere? I'm getting in the groove, and I can. I know I can hit, and you know, I I believe. You know, if I would have played one way or the other every day, my numbers may have been better. <laughs> yeah. But you just never know. I mean, you never know. Big leagues, obviously, is the big leagues, and that's that's a very tough league. And uh, you know, any 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 person who gets more playing time is obviously, for the most part, going to succeed more just because you have more reps. If you can hit, you know, you're going to figure it out sooner or later. And and that just kind of frustrated me at that point in time in my career because. I was doing so well in Omaha, and then I get to Kansas City, and I sit the bench for a week. I think it was like a week straight, and I was like, what's going on? You know, then I really started to see how much of a business it was. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love being in the big leagues, and and it just sucked that, you know, I couldn't play, and I was doing so well, and I had a 19-game day streak. I'm hitting 380 and just tearing the cover off the ball, and I get called up to the big leagues, and I don't play, and I just – that made me realize, hey, this is a business and you're a number and just deal with it. And when you get in there, try to do the best you can. Well, you pretty much, by the way, I mean, you played for Buddy Bell. He put you, I think, in literally every spot in the lineup. I'm pretty sure you hit every single spot in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, what sticks out about playing for Buddy and anything else about that 07 season? No, Buddy was great. I mean, Buddy Bell uh, taught me a lot. Uh, you know, he, he really in fourth hey i remember one time i'll never forget this and i'm sure he'll never forget this either but i this was about the same time that when i got called up from triple a and i was i was pissed to be honest with you because why did you call me up if i'm not going to play was kind of my my deal it's like you know this is doing nothing for this is my my i'm actually going backwards in my the developmental part of my career if i'm just going to sit up here and not play and so my i I was talking to my agent. Well, my agent called in and, you know, kind of asked what was going on. And I'll never forget this. Buddy Bell called me into his office, and he aired me out. And he said, hey, son, he goes, this is your career, not your damn agent. He goes, and uh, you want answers? He goes, you come talk to me like a man. And I really respected him for that because I was still kind of young and, you know, uh, figuring it out, you know, not playing every day in the big leagues, but I was in the big leagues and, uh, you know, he really taught me a lesson about, hey, this is your career, and and you want answers, you know, you come talk to me, and I'll talk to you like a man if you want answers. And uh, me and Buddy Bell got along great. And, you know, that was just kind of, you know, one of the lessons that he taught me as far as, hey, you know, you play the game right, you handle your business right. And, uh, and that was just that same time, you know, just kind of one of the stories that pops up into my head, but <laughs> Buddy Bell was a very good guy, very intense manager, very intimidating man. Uh, he played like 15, 20 years in the big leagues, knew what he was talking about, players, manager, uh, just wanted the guys to show up and play hard and, and uh, take care of business. So, yeah, Buddy Bell, you know, I'll never forget those times playing for him. 
Well, 2008, obviously disappointing for you. You know, you probably were about to get called up. So you're hitting 295, 10 home runs for Omaha in 75 games. And then you had that season-ending uh, surgery on your right wrist. So how did you injure that? And then obviously it was pretty severe because you only played one game the next year too, right? Yeah, so my career kind of took a turn for the worse. Uh, 2008 was, or 2000, we're talking about 2007? No, 2008, I think, is when you had the surgery, oh, okay. right? Yeah, 2008. So I, I was having, you know, before I was hitting 295 with 10 home runs, a month earlier I was hitting about 333 with nine home runs. And uh, my wrist, my right wrist was bothering me. And I was the type. And I've always been the type to, uh, you know, I'll play through it. Uh, I'm, I'm tough. Uh, you know, just let me get through this. What can I do to get through the season? I'll rest in the off season. Uh, that type of stuff. So for a month, I was kind of going through that. You know, just trying to get through it. Meanwhile, my numbers are just spiraling down and down and down. Uh, I tore that league up for two straight years, and you know. To be hitting 295 is still it's great, and you know I, I was I was fine with it, but it just wasn't me. It's I knew that deep down something was wrong with my wrist, and uh, I remember finally coming out of the game, and I went to the Kansas City doctors, and they said it was tendonitis, and I said, well, I can play through tendonitis, but you know, we'll give, let's get right until the end of the season, and I'll rest, and that's what they were saying. Well, I ended up having a second opinion, and I had. I had three tears in my right wrist, and I had two in my left. Oh, my gosh. So I ended up having right wrist surgery. Uh, I got shut down. I had right wrist surgery. And then about a month later, two months later, I had left wrist surgery. And that was my 2008. It's crazy that I was even able to do the rehab and come out. And I played in 09 in spring training, and I actually had a good spring training. Uh, but then I had other issues so uh yeah the that was just that was the start of that was the start of pretty much the end of my career right there and it was it it, it was pretty unfortunate because at the time I was 26 years old I would have been still playing in the big leagues you know if if like I said if I never would have got hurt who knows my career could have been a lot different than it ended up being well you yeah and you played one game the next year in 09 is that because the same thing same injuries no I ended up having uh, and a lot of people know the wrist, but at, at the end of, uh, so 09, I have one at bat, and during spring training, my foot had been bothering me pretty much the whole spring, and I was getting a tape, it was my heel. <laughs> no one could really figure out what was going on with me, and, and, you know, it was just kind of this ongoing thing that was slowly getting worse while... I ended up going to Omaha, so I went from really, you know, good weather to Omaha where it was freezing, and I could barely walk. I took one at-bat, or two at-bats. <clears throat> I had a hit, and I was rounding one of the bases, and my trainer goes, you're coming out of the game. He goes, you look terrible. He goes, you can barely run. He goes, something's not right with you. Come out of the 09 game, or come out of the <clears throat> that first game in 2009, and then and, and, uh, – it took probably about three months to figure out what the heck was wrong with me, and I ended up having heel spurs in both of my heels. Oh. So what they had to do there was they had to snip my Achilles, both of them, all the way through. They snipped my Achilles, they shaved off a heel spur, and they tied my 
tendon back down and with both and both feet. So I did one, and it was real. It was it was just bizarre because I had both wrists already worked on that I came out of, and I you know luckily that was only a short term thing. But when I I went and got a second opinion for my foot, and he said, you know, this is a pretty major stuff that you got going on here, and I knew at that point that my career was probably over. Really? I missed the whole nine season, the whole 09 season. Uh, I got released in 2010, went on a little rehab assignment. My feet, you know, the doctor told me that it was going to take about a year and a half before I felt good. And, of course, you know, they had me under the contract, and they were trying to get something out of me. And, you know, I wanted to play, too. I was very frustrated. And, uh, you know, just they still bother me. And I got big scars going down, to, you know, the back of both my heels. And uh, it's a little reminder of just kind of, and I don't complain about it because I did get, you know, I did have a nice little career and I got to play in the big leagues. And uh, just a little reminder of kind of what I've been through. And, and uh, you know, every day they're there. So, Well, so 2011, 2012, you were with St. Paul uh, in the independent league. You hit 333 and 11 and then got hurt again in 2012. Was it pretty easy to walk away then in 2012? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That was the last time I ever played baseball. I was running down the line trying to beat out a double play, and I was in bad shape already. I was kind of playing at that point in my career. Uh, so I had one year in independent ball. My first year in independent ball, I swung it well, but I was still my feet. You know, I was only about a year and a half out of surgery then, so my feet, I was icing my feet after every game. <clears throat> and it wasn't necessarily that my feet were the problem. It was that everything else was the problem. I was getting older. I was the type of player that I was was just uh, – all out, play as hard as I could type of player, and everything else started, you know, I started having uh, another hamstring problem, I started having groin problems, because I pretty much hadn't sprinted in a year and a half, so if you, some, if a, if a, you know, an athlete doesn't do something that he's used to doing for a year and a half, and then he tries to come back and go like he once knew how to play, uh, it's just everything else kind of started unraveling on me, and I ended up going back to St. Paul, and I was just going to, you know, at my mindset at that point in my career was, the, even from the first year of independent ball, was I'm not going to go through all this rehab and all this work that I put in to try to get back on the field to never play again. So I'm going to play somewhere, whether it just be, I don't care if it's one game. <laughs> I'm going to get back on the field and play because I've been through so much in the last two years with his wrist and my feet <clears throat> that I just wanted to play. And, you know, I got back and I, I couldn't stay healthy the first year in independent ball. I went back and gave it one more try. And my last time on a baseball field playing professionally, I was running down the line trying to beat out a double play, and I tore a hamstring. I got better. It took me about a month and a half to try to get to where I could at least jog again. And I went into the coach's office and I said, I'm done. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do it anymore. I can't be hurt anymore. I can't go through physical therapy anymore. Because at that point in time, it was like pretty much, you know, I had two, pretty much almost two solid years of going through physical therapy and then, you know, on and off and independent ball for months at a time. You know, a month here, I was out. A month there, and I just said, I'm, where am I going to go? I'm 30. I'm 31, I think, years old now, and I've been hurt for four years. Am I really going to get back to the big leagues? You know what? I played. I played in the big leagues, I got hurt, I came back, I gave it another shot, and I can't stay healthy. So I'm walking away, and I, I literally told him, I had all my stuff packed, went home, got in my car, and drove from Minnesota back to California. 
Wow. So, so you did you kind of have peace in your heart then? I mean, because I talked to some guys who have that mourning period. And you went, but you, you know, you coached obviously right after that, so you obviously didn't stay away from baseball very long. Did you ever have that quote unquote mourning period where you were angry or upset or depressed, or did you pretty much just have peace in your heart and you just said, "That's cool. I gave it my best. I'm done." Yeah. No, I, I was fine with it. I was ready to hang them up. I mean, I was not having fun. I was in St. Paul, Minnesota, and independent ball, which is where no ex big leaguer wants to be. I mean, independent ball was. Believe it or not, was a great independent ball spot for the whole independent tour. Uh, but still, they have a nice new stadium now. But when I was playing there, it, it was old Midway Stadium. There was no air conditioning in the clubhouse. It was brutal, and uh, I was ready. I called my, I called Cal State Fullerton and Coach Vanderhoof, who's there now, was the assistant coach when I was playing at Fullerton. So I've known him since I was 17 years old. And I said, Hey, I said I'm hanging them up. Uh, I want to finish school. You think I can come back there and, and coach while I while I finish up? He said absolutely. He goes absolutely. And I, you know, at that point I was like, okay, I think this is the path I'm going to take, and and wherever it leads me, you know, I'm happy with what happened in my career, even though I think it could have been a, a much longer uh, career. I, I think, you know, who knows what would happen, but uh, I got to play in the big leagues. I knew I wasn't just a guy that was a you know, September call-up, or I, I knew that, uh, you know, there was some weight to, uh, you know, I could play in the big leagues, I just couldn't stay healthy. And uh, that it is what it is, and no one can ever take away that I played there and got that chance and that opportunity to have done that. And, uh, you know, I, I, never, I never bitch or complain about uh, injuries because that's just part of the game, and, you know, I – I understand that I'm very lucky to have done what I've done throughout my whole baseball career, going back to playing Cal State Fullerton, playing uh, in the big leagues. I got to play for the uh, college USA national team with Aaron Hill and with a lot of guys that are still playing. And we got to go to Italy and uh, we played in Germany. So, you know, baseball has given me, even today, almost everything that I have. And because I've had that opportunity to play, you know, it's, Everything from a uh, you know mentally to uh, how my mindset is to physically to just it just kind of made me a man and, and made me who I am today as well, along with my parents and other stuff like that. But you learn a lot of lessons when you're away for ten years, half the year playing in some small town or in the big leagues or whatever the case may be. So you know it, it is what it is, and like I said, I'm lucky to have done it. And uh, you know, in my eyes, it was it was a, it was a pretty good career for the circumstances. For sure. Well, last four quick things for you, going back to the Royals. I mean, if you look back, when you, when you think about KC today, you know, favorite memories just of Kansas City, what are you thinking about right now when you think that? So, I don't know. There's a lot of memories of Kansas City. Just, you know, I, I just really love the city, to be honest with you. I love going there. I, I love how different it is from California and the people. And I still, I still keep in touch with people when I played there. And, you know, I, when I, it's crazy because when I got to Kansas City, it was, it was 10 years ago, and, and uh, you know, just to be able to keep in touch with some of those people and, and to have, you know, uniforms and still bags laying around the house of, you know, well, not around the house, but kind of the man cave of, uh, you know, old gear that I used to play in and gloves and hats and jerseys and bats. And, you know, I, I see Kansas City stuff almost every day. So, you know, it's a, it's a good, good, good memories to have and good place to be and, and, uh, you know, this, like I said, lucky to have done what I've done. Do you stay in touch with some of your old uh, Royals teammates pretty closely, too? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I stay in touch. Mike Avilas is actually one of my best friends. and uh, He was in my wedding, and, uh, you know, he's, he's one of my very good friends. He came out here last offseason, and, uh, you know, he's one, he's one of the guys I keep in touch with the most. I talk to Matt Tutman every once in a while. Mitch Meyer I saw when I was in Arizona for spring training working. He was coaching first base, and and uh, good for him. He's going to be a great coach, and, you know, he's going to have a long, lustrous career coaching, I have a feeling. And he might even be the first base coach there next year. So. Yep, yep. That's the rumor. You never know. Uh, but, you know, I, and, of course, I look up other guys, and it's just crazy to go back. And I, a lot of ex-players that I played with, some of the guys, even in rookie ball, that never made it out of rookie ball. I'm Facebook friends with, and funny Dusty Hughes, and you know a kid named Jacob Mollis, and and uh, it's just it's crazy to see kind of where everyone's lives take them after baseball. And you really you really start to understand that baseball is only you know uh, a short time of your life uh, in the in the big picture. So yeah, totally. Hey, have you been back to Kansas City since '07 or '08 or not? You know, I went back at the very, I think at the very end, maybe maybe for a fan fest and like, I don't know. It, it wasn't too long after that, if I did, but it was around that time. But, I, I, you know, I, I haven't been back there. Uh, it's just, it's, it's tough to, you know, I've, I've traveled so much that, you know, I, I, I do need to go back there, but I haven't been back there, actually. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, but I, ha- I have not been. Yeah, you got to check out the new stadium. Yeah, stuff going on down there, and I did see the Power and Light District. Uh, That was kind of up and running towards the end of my career. I was there for a fan fest, like I think in 2009. That sounds right. Was my last year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you have to. Jack Stack's still here too, man. So. (laughs) Oh yeah, I know. I got. I got. I want to. I want to get back there. Take the wife, and uh, you know, kind of go back there and maybe catch a game or two. Yeah. And kind of relive some memories. So. See the new uh, the new K too. I guess you probably didn't get to see that completely done. No, it's funny. Everything, literally everything, all the the new stadiums, the Double A Stadium, the Triple A Stadium, the K, all of them were renovated just after kind of myself had had vacated the premises. So. <laughs> I love it. Well, I guess uh, last thing for you is in summary, what would you like to say uh, to all the Royals fans listening right now? Oh, I. I guys are great i mean you know when i was there uh i loved you guys you guys are always so good to me and my teammates and uh you know i just couldn't have been luckier to play in an organization that has that type of feel and energy at the games and even though we may have not been very good uh back in those days i mean you guys still showed your your uh you know respect and your support and uh uh like i said i'll never forget those days and I love that Kansas City was the only organization that I had ever been with because, you know, it doesn't really taint my memory as of playing in the big leagues. And, you know, I, I can say that that was the only team that I ever played for. And that was, that's really the only thing I really ever knew was Kansas City and the whole, you know, support system and all the people there. And, uh, and it, it was great. And, uh, you know, I just, like I said, I'm so happy for what's going on there right now. And I watch and it's so electric there and, you know, it's just it's it's crazy, and you know I'm I'm really happy for for everything going on there, and and like the fans, great, wonderful fans, best some of the best fans around. So keep doing it and keep showing your support, and 
and uh, you know that's what makes that town really fun and really great. Well, we look forward to you know seeing you back out here one of these days, and thanks so much for all your time today and for all the you know the memories of playing. I'll still always remember you as a you know balls to the wall gap hitter, sliding into bases, extra base hits, yeah. line drives all across that big outfield at the K. So you know great memories of watching you play, and definitely stay in touch. And we'll see you back out here one of these days. All right, Dave, I appreciate it. Okay, have a great day. Take care.